you seen this? Oh, welcome to Why Haven't You Seen This with me, Emily Barton. On this episode, I'm joined by my really good friend, Leslie Conroy, actor, writer, and general all-round legend, jazz jazz gal pal. <laughs> and um, we're going to chat about Cinema to Paradiso. This was your pick, Leslie, and I'm really excited that you chose this because this has been on my list for a really long time. Excellent. And I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I can't believe you of all people have not seen this movie I know it's kind of embarrassing to admit it yeah I was like you were going why haven't you seen this Emily <laughs> exactly it's actually now my show so it's <laughs> Leslie Conroy's why haven't you seen this there you go over to you girl take it <laughs> take it <laughs> no, you're welcome to it uh, yeah so why so why did you choose Cinema Paradiso first of all before we kind of go, go, give a quick background into it what what is it about this film that you're like we need to talk about this that is such a good question because when I knew you were going to do the show and I was saying it was the only movie I was like we have to talk about this movie and then I was like well why I mean what is it about this movie I haven't seen it in like 15 years it's not one of those movies I rewatch again and again and again and so I watched it again to say okay well why did you pick this movie and it's just such a gorgeous movie it's it's a song it's it's a song it's a celebration it's a it's a love story of cinema of storytelling of ambition of opportunity of of how life is such a strange mystery and because i was on the car here today i was thinking like what if toto had gotten a job in a chemist or what if jo- toto had become the fisherman's apprentice mm. how different his life would have been so it's, it's so fascinating though isn't it yeah where, where where life takes people yeah I have to say for me it was I knew I knew it was a great film I had heard of it it was on my list for like a really 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 long time and I don't know what what it was this was obviously the perfect opportunity to actually get me sit down and watch it I think probably guiltily as much as I like farm film I'm very slow to sit down and watch a farm film because there's so many other movies that are not in another language and it's really lazy on my part but when I do sit down and watch them I love them and I like I, and recently you know I'm I've become obsessed with Bong Joon-ho since he did Snowpiercer and Making a Murder and obviously he's done really really well with Parasite but I did I had heard of him before Parasite kind of went global so but with Cinema Paradiso all of the accolades that it's received so it's, it, it came out in 1988 it won a huge amount of BAFTAs it won Oscar for Best Foreign Film it won a load of Golden Globes it's it deserves its accolades it's a really really beautiful film so I knew I'd enjoy it but I didn't realise I didn't realise it was going to be as funny as it was I didn't realise it was going to be like I knew it was a love story to film and a love story about film but I just didn't know it was going to be as cute and charming and endearing and I just didn't think it was going to be as clever and the way the scenes are shot and the Mm. cuts in it are absolutely amazing so just for people who haven't seen Cinema Paradiso and if you haven't seen Cinema Paradiso like I hadn't what is wrong with you <laughs> watch Cinema Paradiso it's so good no. um, it was directed by Giuseppe Tornatore I hope I'm pronouncing that correct I suppose another selling point is Ennio Morricone, Morricone did the music for it and oh. the music is its own so beautiful it's its own act, actor in it it's its own part isn't it and when we were going to do this like we'd planned to do this ages ago he had just died I know 
So that was like so weird with the timing. Yeah, that was very, very, very yeah. strange timing. And, it, and very, very sad because like what an amazing talent, like what an amazing, what he's left us with, with all the amazing musical scores. So it was directed by Giuseppe. Ennio Morricone did the music and it's set in Sicily during the 1950s. And it follows really, the, the focus is around this young guy, Salvatore or... Toto. Toto. <laughs> Toto, the most adorable child in the world. <laughs> He's literally the cutest child I have ever seen, <laughs> ever. So it's about Toto. So in the film, he's about what? He's about oh, seven, 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 eight. Seven, eight. Like what casting? I mean, how could Amazing. you get a child? Look, there's his face on the cover of the of the DVD. I just adore. He's gorgeous. He's so cute. So it's it, it's about Salvatore. He's in this very small. Sicilian town and his mother during the 1950s his father has been away at war for a long time no sign of him and it's really about his relationship with the local cinema projectionist called Alfredo Alfredo. 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 And the the relationship between the two of them in the 1950s. And of course, Toto is totally obsessed with the movies and is always there and is always bothering Alfredo. And he's a real annoying. Yeah. He's really annoys him. But it, there's this sort of, he's almost like his father figure as well and his so best smart, friend. Isn't it? Yeah. How that is, how that's weaved in and, and he's there for him. And it's this place of refuge in a strange time. I imagine the 50s, it must have been really tough. Really tough, yeah. And Sicily, like what was there? What was there to do? In this tiny village with this big town square, like the cinema's in the centre of it. So the oh. cinema is the the cinema's the main character. The cinema party really is. is the main character in it. And it's what I love about it as well, anything that's based on any kind of real true, from real life experience, always ends up being amazing. And apparently Giuseppe, this, this town is based on his hometown oh, I didn't know and that. it's based on his r- real life experiences now I don't know if there was an Alfredo or you know oh. but it, it was it was for him it was a love letter to cinema now I suppose in the modern age like a great thing is there's so much content and we've Netflix and we've Hulu and we have Amazon and we have we, ha- we can watch movies on our phone and you know it's a real struggle for cinemas to keep people coming in now movie lovers like us will always go to the cinema because the experience of sitting in a movie theater is is the magic but for him it was it was a total love story and you know commentary on just the the magic of the theater and this film for me was just it was so cute so you've this beautiful little Sicilian town square it's the 1950s there's a lot of poverty in the town there's a small commentary on there's some people who you know are not well off it's quite a lot of people who are illiterate and then you've got sort of people in the town who are maybe working class and in the cinema you've got them sitting up on the balcony clever and then the people sort of you know poorer people are sitting down Mm -hmm. downstairs and the other characters like there's just the villagers for me made me feel the nostalgia so you've got the story of Toto and Alfredo in the cinema and all this you know going in and out and the the picture screenings every day and then all of the the villagers coming in so it's the variety of characters Mm. that you get because you've got the director's cut there I have the director's cut because I think I've over the years I've, I've gone between the director's cut and the normal cut and the director's cut like it's so rich like I remember there's one scene in particular where there there's a very close encounter yeah with a couple and I, I must have been quite young when I watched it I was like oh, oh my god <laughs> but it really was like it was the heart it was a microcosm of the village wasn't it everyone was there 
how they grew up in the cinema, how they, I guess it was, it really was just a place of refuge though. It was yeah. a place for everyone to be together. And yes, there was the divide and upstairs, downstairs almost. But everyone came together in the everyone cinema. Everyone came together. And yeah. there's a scene at the end when he comes back and it's very clever storytelling because a lesser director would have given us little so at the end he comes back our, our friend Toto but he comes back to the ruin of the cinema and a lesser filmmaker would have shown little flashbacks to the characters sitting in the seats but he doesn't he just shows the desert that's there and then we fill in the pictures and then we remember our favorite car- characters or our favorite moments was there a guy who was always asleep and they used to put things in his mouth. He'd get really annoyed when he'd come in and the cinema would be jammers because there'd be a new release and he'd be like, this is where I come to sleep. <laughs> totally. Emily, I remember when I used to go, years ago, I used to go to New York and we'd be out all night and we'd be in hotels. I, I can't remember what the situation was, but during the day, because we were out all night, there were two options to sleep during the day. You either slept on a train, you hopped on a train and you would go all the way out to like Rochester or Westchester and then you'd come back and you'd just be asleep or you'd go to the cinema to get a couple of hours sleep during the day this I is what that. we did that's amazing I know you'd, you'd just buy some trashy ticket to some trashy release in, in New York and then you just have so to you could it. totally relate to that character he was me it, it was like you know <laughs> art imitating life totally yeah. it was just so good so like you the, the film opens and I love the way the film opens with Toto and honestly I think it's the cutest child to ever be in a film and he's he's an altar boy and the priest of course priest play, plays a really big role in this and I lo- and I love the way they, they play out the priest role uh, but Toto is, is up at the altar while the priest is saying mass and he's sort of asleep on his hand and the priest is doing the sacraments and he's waiting for the bells to ring and Toto is just like fast asleep and he's sort of going, going <clears throat> so um, and it's just such a lovely introduction to it and it's also really clever because mm. you, you're opening with the priest and then very soon it's going from the priest saying mass to the priest going into the cinema to watch the film before public yeah, release the censor censor all the kissing scenes or the women showing their bosoms or anything like that and Alfredo is up in the projectionist room having to cut the sections where he sort of rings a bell to say nope that's cut that's coming out that's coming out so then you've got the bell from the church church to art maybe Toto falling asleep during the sacrament when he had to ring the bell was a sort of a, a subconscious protest there you go. Yeah. Or I'm just probably really I like into it. it. No, I like it. We've got a little essay going on here. But it was yeah. brilliant. Like, you, you know, so he'd be ringing the bells and he'd be cutting them out and then Toto would want the cut, the cut film. And then, of course, the film back in those days, you know, it was highly flammable. So you'd be really careful and they'd paper everywhere. The way that he cuts the scenes from one thing to the next is just, I think, is mm, so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. You know, you know, they're really clever cuts and quick cuts. Like there's a scene where he's when he's a little bit older and he's a teenager and he's fallen in love with this girl and uh, the girl's father doesn't isn't a fan of him. They're they're driving along the country road and his car breaks down. His car, of course, is an absolute heap of metal and it breaks down and a car comes along and it's her father and he's like, oh lord! And so the father just gets out of the car and walks towards them. And then it just cuts to a completely different scene with Toto's in the cinema and he's chatting to Alfredo, but Toto happens to have a bruise on his face. Yes, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, There's yeah. all of these kind of cuts where it sort of, it, it insinuates something that's yeah. happened, but it doesn't actually show it. That's so true. That was really, yeah, that was smart. And they're really quick and really, really smart. So mm-hmm. what for you is like, what would be your favourite part of this film? Or like, is there a scene that stands out for you? Or is it, oh. or a character that you really love? Or... 
Oh, Alfredo. He's he's just wisdom, you know. He's and and I love that. I'm going to start crying. But and I and it's so like Ireland and rural Ireland and there's just such great heart in rural Ireland that I'm not sure is as accessible in cities. I think we just get so bogged down by getting ahead and doing well and just city living. There's a simplicity, and I don't want to underestimate or undermine country living, but there's a simplicity in the country and there's a heart in the country and, and a wisdom and a clarity. And I think that's that's Alfredo and the advice he gives him and along the way. I do think the first third of the movie or the first half is my favourite. Yeah. Because... And it's Toto and Alfredo, yeah. it's their relationship. It's it's so beautiful and, and it's not easy. And I love that. And because my granddad, my Wexford granddad was a, such a messer and there's such great stories about him. But he was always quite formidable, but with a little grin. <laughs> and, and Alfredo has that. It's that cheeky, I'm pretending to be angry with you now, but I can't because you're just too adorable. <laughs> and... He does get away. Toto gets away with murder, gets away and Alfredo gets murder. him out of every. Because like, there's a couple of couple of instances where I'm like, that little fecker, you know. And but Alfredo always seems to be there for him. But then, but but what I love about that is you have all these scenes where Alfredo is just he's always there for him, even though he's kind of you know give him a kick up the arse or something. And then there's a scene where the kids are doing the school exam. Oh, that's. And Brilliant. you have you have Alfredo and like three or four of the other villagers, and these are men in their forties, fifties, sixties who are illiterate, and they've been trying to they're trying to get their sort of their school certificate. And Alfredo is sitting there, and he's really struggling with his um, paper. And I also love that I love the attention to detail in this film. This is in the nineteen fifties, and they're they they're obviously using ink and ink cartridges, oh, and you can yeah. see the ink all over their hands, Brilliant. all of them uh, at their desks. And Alfredo's there, kind of going to Toto, trying to get his his attention, and Toto's kind of you know blocking his page. And you're like, ah, for God's sake, like Alfredo is so good to you, you know, he's always looking after. And Toto's real, of course, very naturally very clever. And to, uh, Alfredo is looking for help with his, with a couple of the questions. And just the without any words, the interaction between them is mm-hmm. so funny. And again, I'm I'm the same as you. I love the first third of the film. I mean, the young Salvatore, the young Toto, he's just so adorable. But the interaction between him and Alfredo is the most beautiful. Definitely. Like all of those scenes are just so beautiful. And, and the cuteness of Salvatore and the cheekiness of him mm. just really it does it makes you it makes I would say it makes me emotional that just it really warms your cockles I mean I, like, as soon as I started watching it I just immediately loved it because of that interaction between the two of them and Alfredo is just he's always there for him no matter what happens and it's tough as well because Toto is in this village where you know there's there's a lot of hardship going on and his father is completely absent and he doesn't even know Mm. what's happening with his father and then I think he starts to kind of suspect look he's probably dead the reason my father hasn't come back since the war is because he's probably dead Mm -hmm. but they haven't had word I loved how they had um there's all these kind of subtleties that going on where Alfredo I think at one point mentions that his father reminded him of Clark Gable Toto's father reminded of Clark Gable and then sort of slightly later in the film they get the telegram to say the father had died and the mother goes to pick up her widow's pension Mm -hmm. and as they're walking back through rubble they see a Gone with the Wind poster on the wall and Salvatore looks up at it and he kind of smiles and it was just that subtlety because I had to I had to kind of kind of go back and 
Like I, really? it was only just I, I had remembered. It just so happened that I had remembered that he mentioned his father was like Clark Gable. So that moment where he's walking back, having found out that his father's died, and then seeing that Gone with the Wind poster, no. like it was so that, that subtlety is so beautiful. And so there's smart. there's so much like that throughout the film. It's so smart though, and how it uses the movies as a progression of time. Mm-hmm. You know, we go through the decades. Suddenly, we're in the fifties. Things start to get a bit racier. We're in the sixties. It's like morals are going out the window. It's a new world. And and then we see Toto as he gets older as well. Like it, it, they go hand in hand. And the way the influence changed, because like in the original cinema, the priest is sort of the boss and he's dictating, you know, mm. he's doing the censorship of all the film. Albeit he's quite a kind of a lovable character. Oh, he's adorable. Isn't he? Especially when, when I saw it, I watched it quickly this morning again. And there's a scene where he's saying goodbye oh no yeah and, and it's like there was such fondness yeah. you know and it's that love hate i love you but i i hate you and you're a pest but you're i love you but i have to pretend to hate you just the so warmth smart. yeah yeah there is that warmth but care. I, I love that progression where so you have the priest who's you know through the decades where you have the priest who's sort of running the show and then because of the flammable film the cinema burns down and then one of the local uh, residents the Neapolitan the Neapolitan wins the the local kind of lotto he rebuilds the cinema it's a a, and it's a beautiful obviously updated modern version but because he's he's in charge he's in charge the priest doesn't have as much as a say and you then see all sorts of things unfolding in the cinema (laughs) oh yeah and I wasn't there a scene where Oh, there was a movie and, and not enough of them could go in. That was gorgeous. That was gorgeous. And then the Neapolitan, who was just a humble dude and happened to win the pools. He sees this and is it him or was it? No, it was Alfredo. It was Alfredo. Alfredo turns the projection or there's a mirror or something. I can't remember what he, he does. He uses, yeah, he uses the light um, off, off or the window or something so that the, the projector that's facing into the cinema he's also getting back projection or something out the window and he moves it in such a way so that the projection on the wall goes out the window out into the square and onto the one of the sides of the houses so the yeah. people who are outside roaring to get in to see the film get to sit out in the square oh. and watch the film just his generosity just Alfredo's heart is the heart of the movie and and then of course we have the scene where there's the fire and Alfredo loses his sight and then he becomes almost like this mythical Greek he's the blind man the blind wise man our friend Toto saves his life I know this tiny teeny tiny little seven year old pulling this big hefty man down these stairs is just incredible like yeah but it's it's great it's great because you do like if people go the extra mile for you you'll do it for them yeah Um, and it it changed his life I mean sometimes I think you know, if he'd chosen a different path, if Alfredo or if Toto had chosen a different path in his life, would he have been happy? You know. Yeah, I was really torn about about uh, um Salvatore's life because Alfredo obviously pushed him away because Alfredo wanted him to go and pursue his dream, but to really make something of himself. And he knew he was smart and he knew he could do it. And he didn't want him to sort of, I guess, in advert commas, waste his life staying in the village, being the village projectionist. And he wanted him to kind of fulfil those dreams. There, there's a lovely love story that ensues throughout the film. But I, I was, I, I was really conflicted about it because he goes off and he becomes this success this massive success but he doesn't seem happy and Mm. then he's lost out on all this time 
with Alfredo and, and his and his own family and his own family yeah. and you know even the way it ends so because I, I know a lot of people are sort of oh it's so beautiful the way it ends but I, the ending was bittersweet for me because he has these this moment where Alfredo has left and the all of the cuts of all the kisses from you know which gets me every which time which is it's just so beautiful oh. but part of me was like feck you Alfredo because because I was like you know you pushed him away mm-hmm. you made him leave he you know he missed out on all the time with his family and ultimately he's now he's sitting there having just been told he's won all these awards for films that he's made and he's like this big film director and he's this massive success but he just doesn't seem happy yeah there's an emptiness there there's an emptiness there and it's almost like you know Alfredo you know pushed him from love but really kind of pushed him in such a way that he was like you have to go but you can never come back and you have to like go down this route and didn't really give Salvatore much option and Salvatore did it and he fulfilled almost like he fulfilled Alfredo's dream maybe because Alfredo would, would ne- was never able to to do that for himself like he was illiterate until mm. later in life and then he was blinded so it was almost like Salvatore went and fulfilled Alfredo's dreams for him but Alfredo doesn't seem Salvatore doesn't seem that happy in the end and that that for me was something that kind of him watching all the kissing scenes was so bittersweet and like what was that like what was what was the message behind the kissing scenes do you know like yeah. like yeah so he's it's fabulous like he's kept all the kisses that he'd cut out and he, he pulls them all together in this reel but it, it reminds me of just all the people who would have had to leave Ireland in the 50s um, my own family and they went you know a lot of them just went to England but always there was that deep longing for where they came from yeah. so yes they went on they were very successful they did everything they could for the kids for better life for them but there was just this hole you know and you can't go back to oh. and and, the, and when they do come back but then again you know it's always different you can't you can't argue with progression you can't argue with and it's something he says actually it's something alfredo says to him is don't be nostalgic don't give in to the nostalgia if you come back i won't let you in he says that too or alfredo says that to toto and, and what do you think is that sort of he's protecting him because like i think we all get nostalgic about the past and and yet we can't we can never relive the past because it's in the past and and if you go back to somewhere it's, ch- it's changed every time yeah. or your experience is going to be different every time so it's never going to be the same so he's trying to protect him from the disappointment but i just feel like nostalgia is so important because it, it also gives you so much joy i mean this film made me think of i mean i i've lived in dunleary my entire life and i the first films i went to see there was no cinema in dunleary but there was a small cinema in Sandy Cove, a glass hill called The Forum. And I saw all of my films there. And it was a real old school cinema. What was the first movie you saw? Oh my Do goodness. You remember? Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Uh, I can't, I don't know if I can remember the first, I, re- I have a vivid memory of going to see Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> oh my God. I remember, and I loved, you know, I loved the, um, the round trees. They were boxes of sweets. They were little boxes of sweets as opposed to bags of sweets. You get little square boxes. Oh. And when you went into the Forum Cinema, the, the floor went down yeah, and scooped up. Oh wow! Like so, it was just so, and it was proper like old school, like red velvet curtains. So was the that like seats. a purpose built cinema, or would it would it have been like a variety hall over the years? I don't know. Actually, yeah. I don't know. It might have been. Mm. I I think it was built as a cinema, and I like I just loved it. It was my favorite place to go. Like it's all I wanted to do. And then a couple of years ago, no, it's a good few years ago now. <laughs> a couple of years ago, probably a few more than a couple of years ago. 
um, they knocked it down and they built apartments in a centra where it was and now the, but they built a cinema in Dunleary mm. but it's not the same and, no. and the cineplexes are amazing and they're great for the big uh, effects and great great uh, sound effects and visual effects and all the rest of it but cinema party so made me nostalgic for that old school cinema experience but yeah. you, you know if they brought it back it's not it's never going to be the same it's i know it, it, and you'd be giving out you'd be like oh the chairs are too uncomfortable and like <laughs> do, i don't know do you remember where the little the little um ashtrays yes yeah it used to stink of smoke in the it was disgusting because well. yeah. we were so lucky in cork like i would have grown up in cork all the theatres were cinemas as well. So we would have had the Palace and the Capitol. Oh God, there was, was there a Tivoli and the Lee? And, and they all had like a genre. You know, they'd all have a particular style. One you'd go to if you were an older man. <clears throat> and one you would go to if you were a child going to, you know, watch cartoons. One you'd go to might play a bit more art housey. There was millions of them. And then one by one, like uh, probably around that time, 88. Oh, like I remember seeing Reservoir Dogs in the capital. No, the Savoy. The Savoy Theatre in Cork, which is now a mall. You know, it's like a yeah. supermarket, a yeah. shopping centre. But like I remember, I remember seeing Pulp Fiction in the screen. Mm. That's now gone in Dublin. Yeah. I've such, I remember seeing Schindler's List in the Savoy in Dublin and there was an interval <laughs> and, you'd, and you'd, you'd go out and you'd like I remember these things vividly I remember seeing seven in the Savoy and there was about seven of us in the audience <laughs> in that huge big number one cinema but it's it's becoming so homogenized it's yeah. becoming so homogenized just how we consume yeah how we consume and, and cinemas are memories like like movies are memories and I've been thinking a lot about this actually and it's how we find our tribes I mean you, you'll go to a party and you'll talk to somebody and you'll say oh you know you might get talking about movies and if they're talking about blockbusters and like really awful films that you're not into you'll you'll excuse yourself mm. and, and you'll find somebody else who loves Tarantino or whoever you love and suddenly a friendship is made it you do it's such a natural bonding isn't yeah. it and, that, and that, you have that in this film you have the whole community regardless of whether they're illiterate or not and actually the guys who are illiterate anytime there was words on the screen they're like what what's it say you know but it it brought it brought everybody together Mm. and the cinema does it's an equalizer when you go into a cinema you're there with every you know and i suppose now it you know it's nice in that you know you don't have the two tiers (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know where you have people up in the balcony you don't you know it's an equalizer and that's what i love i mean I'll, i'll watch movies back to back on my own happily but when you're watching it with with friends or with a partner and you're mm. able you're able to re- react with each other to what's happening on the screen and then you're in the cinema and you know you're watching a comedy and everybody's laughing together and it's that sort of brings you all together in this you know you're sharing a moment like that's you know that's the magic of it and it's just it's it, it just brings all of that i mean it's it's a kind of film really that everybody can relate to unless you just oh, yeah. aren't a cinema goer and aren't into film in which case you won't be listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> but did you find it was i found it a bit dated i have to say it looked a little bit hokey um and i know it's a beautifully made film and it's really well made but just the 15 year gap just it made me see how it was a little bit it was a little bit I think they you know I do I, I would say probably most people would say the first third of the film is the best and the the, the set and how it's shot I think I think it's for me it's perfect mm. uh, you know you do get a sense of it set in the 50s 
Uh, I totally agree with you. I feel like as the film kind of goes on, it is a little bit dated. It is a little bit hokey. And, you know, even the director himself had said how the older Salvatore, you know, 30 years later, 30 years later, looked absolutely nothing like the child or teenage Salvatore. And he admitted, he was like, yeah, they're, they're, look like completely different people which is not great you know and that the, those later years you know it, it's really it's a real sort of it's closing that chapter you know even when he goes back and the cinema party so it's completely yeah it's just gone it's you know and, and I, I can relate to that like I remember the forum was closed down and he's going in and it's just rubble and it's the seats are falling yeah. down and it's cobwebby and du- dirty and dusty and you know it's going to be but it, it is ultimately bulldozed and it's probably going to be a you know, the paved paradise to put up a parking lot mm-hmm. uh, story of our lives. You know, it's just that the way it closes it, it's pretty depressing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually kind of a downer at, at, towards the end of the film. I, I won't lie, you know, it is the, the first part of the movie is just absolutely gorgeous, but it's it's kind of well-rounded. And that the nostalgia piece, I think, is something that everybody will relate to. In, on some level mm. like I lo- I do love there are institutions now who are trying to revive the old school like even the Stella Cinema and oh, Minds. Yeah. I love it like it's not mm. it's not the same it's totally modernised oh god do you remember the old Stella it was disgusting <laughs> like your feet would stick <laughs> yeah. like don't I, miss that it was so smelly <laughs> as well but yeah it's just going going to that because ex- you can go to a cineplex or an omniplex and it's lovely you could still have your movie going experience shared experience but you go to somewhere like the Stella where there is a little bit of more romanticism it's a bit more of an experience and they charge you for it pleasure mm-hmm. but you know they've restored this be- like it's beautiful like architecturally it it's yeah. gorgeous like you feel like it's a special place yeah. you know because it was restored and you know, and you have that luxury experience of you have your own big red leather armchair and you can bring your cocktails into your seat and you can get food brought into you and it's sort of the luxury cinema experience. It's but, like post post Celtic Tiger. It's like <laughs> we're just ridiculous here now. Come on. But isn't that like but it's smart because it's sort of, you know, how can we reinvent yeah. the cinema experience to keep people coming, to to keep it it special? Like once upon a time, like people didn't have TVs, they didn't have phones. You know, so going to a hall with a screen together was the only way that you were going to consume film. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we can watch it on our, you know, 60 inch flat screen TVs. We can watch it on our tablets. We can watch it on our phones. But how many of them do you remember? Like how many of those experiences? Not many. Well, because you're watching and you can watch so many yeah. at, at a high volume. But when you go to the cinema, well, it's funny because Kevin and I just had that conversation where we were like, you know what was the last film that we went to see like we were talking about the Stella because we go to the Stella as our treat like mm-hmm. that's and we look forward to it we do the whole shebang we go upstairs to the cocktail room we have big cocktails and we were saying like the last like, we remember every film that we saw on the Stella because yeah. it's an experience whereas I totally agree with you you can watch loads of stuff on Netflix and you'll forget like I find that mm. myself people are like what did you watch recently on Netflix I'm like I'm not I can't remember because I've watched actually quite a lot. I consume far too much myself on Netflix or on other stuff, and I I easily forget unless it I'm in the middle of it. Comes automatic, doesn't it? Yeah, and and mindless, and we need to be careful of that. I think. Yeah, and and as storytellers, as filmmakers, we need to be careful of that. A hundred percent, and I think that's I. But I love that there are people out there who are trying to yeah. work out how do we make the cinema going experience. And I know, like down the technology route. You know, there'll be 3D, like we have 3D, but there'll be sort of virtual interactive 
cinemas and things like that I don't know how I feel about that no, I, no. I, I, st- I still just like sitting and watching myself yes, you know but I love I even loved um, the interaction of um, the old Harold Cross cinema and they used to do Rocky Horror Picture Show I, you know in all my years I was like I'll go up next Friday I'll go up next Friday I never did it I, I, I did it once but f- before it closed it was, I was getting to that age where I was old enough to go to see it but it was I think it was due to close down fairly soon and there, there was Rocky Horror Picture Show was on every night almost or every weekend at midnight and we went along we bought our bag of tricks and you get so you pay your your price to the cinema and then they give you this bag random bag of tricks and I was like what's this for an extra five or something I was like what's the bag of tricks <laughs> and I started to realize the interaction so you had actors on the top of the screen acting out the characters as the film was going and of course everyone who's there had seen Rocky Harpy show so it didn't matter that you were your attention wasn't fully on the screen the whole okay. time so you had Frank and Furter and Janice and all of the Janice, all of them in front of the screen, wow, acting it out. And then you had this bag of tr- tricks where, uh, the scene where it's raining and the car is broken down and they're uh, walking up to the mansion and it's pissing rain and they've newspapers over their heads. Everybody had a squirt gun, so everyone started like, oh, <laughs> we have shooting to bring each this other with back. squirt guns. Emily, we have to get it back. <laughs> and then there was a scene where Frankenfurter does a toast uh, before eating a meal or something. He says a toast, and there's there's dried toast in the bags. Everyone throws the toast up <laughs> in the air. So it's just you know what I mean, like that interaction and the participative kind of side of it was just yeah, so much fun. We don't need digital we don't need technology just yeah. give us a bag of props yeah, exactly so much fun so yeah I think it, so it's interesting so this was made in 1988 and it was saying something about that because it you know like everything in life things move on things change you know and it's funny how as humans we have this innate ability to be nostalgic and are almost you know kind of rebel against things moving and changing but I think at the same time we're able to identify like where is the magic of the human mm. experience and I think for a lot of people it's it's you know going to the the cinema experience yeah. so like you can have you know 4D high tech 4K screens and all the rest of it going on and it and it's cool but I know and and really it it's all about storytelling as well I mean I'm like give me a really badly shot <laughs> piece of you know done on a phone but if if the if the story and if the acting is good and if I'm swept away with it and and it's mad because even like even you know sometimes I think is it the community of going to the theatre is it or the cinema is it the community of the people you're with but I remember films that I went to by myself like maybe between lectures or after college that really stay with me I think it's just the fact that you buy a ticket you're given a seat and it's time for you. It's it's time you pair out of your day. Mm. Because I think even sitting at home is hard because you're on the phone, you know, you're not you're not giving it the, the time no. that, that you do in the cinema. There was one there was a, a scene sort of later in the film that I wanted to t- touch upon because I've talked about some of the cutaways and I think it's one of those subtle it, it highlights sort of the mastery of the, the director and the way this film is shot because just in its subtlety the emotion that's built up in it so Salvatore's been away for 30 years and he's come back for Alfredo's funeral and his mother hasn't seen him in 30 years which just breaks my heart and you can see and she's even you know in many ways you can see her heart's broken but she's would never make him feel bad about it which is just makes her even more amazing but you see her as an old woman sitting in her chair and she's knitting away 
and the doorbell goes and you know it's Salvatore and she hasn't seen him in 30 years but what the director does in a modern movie or in many movies the camera will follow her she might be running to the door and opening the door and you see the two embrace this director doesn't do that despite the fact that you've got this 30 years of mother and son not seeing each other when she gets up to go to answer the door the camera stays on the fact that she's she's gotten up with her knitting and what she's knitting she's left on her chair so she walks away and you just see the thread mm. going with her Beautiful. and he just zones in on the, so the item that she was knitting and it unraveling mm-hmm. and then the camera just keeps moving and it goes out the window and you just see mother and son downstairs at the yeah. door embracing I just thought that was amazing so like, like what brain thinks like that the symbolism oh, it's he, incredible and there's another one it's he's so smart and it was only on second time around like Cic- Sicily as a backdrop is, is a character as well it's so beautiful but there's a scene he goes to this place by, this, by the water and it's full of old anchors rusty old anchors and there's even a, a little clip from Ulysses so there's all these there's all these other like stories that are entwined but he goes there when he's at a loss and he goes there with Alfredo and basically Alfredo is saying just go go you know don't come back and the beautiful thing that he says and I think this is the heart of the film for me he says whatever you end up doing love it the way you loved the projectionist when you were a kid and and that's why he he made this film because it's a love letter to film it's a love it's a love letter to passion and it's a love letter to following your dreams. Love that. <laughs> yeah. It's so gorgeous. But there's always a price, Emily. There's always a price. There's always a price. And like, look, and nothing in life is simple and straightforward anyway. There's always there's always going to be something that gives, but you know, that that passion and that that warmth and you know, it's 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 it, it's the passion that that sort of feeds you and really kind of builds you up doesn't it it just fills oh, you up time um it's just such a gorgeous film cinema party so it, it's it's on every 1001 movies to watch before you die list or top oh, wow. t- top movies to, to watch before you die it really is a film that everybody should should see so uh like me if you hadn't seen it I'm hoping that people will 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 check it out on the back of our chat if there was any parting thoughts on cinema party so for you Leslie Whatever you do, love it with all your heart. You can't, you can't do better than that. This film will make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll fill you up. It'll depress you. <laughs> no, it won't depress you. It'll make you feel very nostalgic. It'll make you feel warm and fuzzy. It'll and make you want to go on holidays to part to, to Sicily. Sicily, Sicily. It'll yeah. make you want to go to Sicily. Hopefully, it'll it'll people want to check it out because it is. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you suggested this. I'm so glad that I watched it. It's brought all that love and passion that I have for film and brought it right up to the surface and I was bursting through the seams with it so thanks Leslie you're welcome thanks for watching (laughs) why oh why why haven't you seen this why oh why why haven't you seen this